This is Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. For the next several days, the city of Gallup will be hosting the annual intertribal ceremonial. It's the 100th year for the celebration, and indigenous groups from all over the world are coming to share their culture, take part in performances, and join the famous Saturday morning parade. For the centennial this year, organizers schedule 11 days of activities, including some virtual events, a native film festival, a rodeo, and a pageant. We'll learn more about one of New Mexico's longest-running events after the news. This is National Native News. I'm Antonia Gonzalez. The Little Traverse Bay Bands of Ottawa Indians are hosting the Michigan stop of Secretary of the Interior Deb Holland's Road to Healing Tour. The tour is part of the Interior Department's investigation into federal Indian boarding schools, which was launched last year. 35 tribal nations from Michigan, Minnesota, Wisconsin, and Iowa are expected to participate in the August 13th event. This will be Holland's second stop on the tour to gather testimony from boarding school survivors and descendants. The first stop was last month in Oklahoma, where former students recounted traumatic memories at boarding school, including physical, mental, and sexual abuse. Holland has expressed the need to gather testimony, acknowledging it won't be easy, but says it's a necessary part of the investigation. Trauma-informed support will be on site. The year-long tour will include stops in Hawaii, Arizona, and South Dakota. Unofficial results from the Navajo Nation's primary election on Tuesday show the top two candidates for Navajo Nation president are current President Jonathan Nez and Boo Nigren. There were 15 candidates on the ballot for president of the tribe. The Navajo Times reports as of early Wednesday morning, Nez had more than 17,000 votes and Nigren more than 12,000. More than 47,000 voters reportedly took part in the primary election. Voters now head to the polls in November's general election to decide who will be president. In Kansas, unofficial results from Tuesday's primary election show voters decided to protect abortion rights in the state's constitution. Kansas is the first state to vote on abortion since the U.S. Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade. Native women in the state were among those speaking out ahead of the election, concerned about abortion bans and access to birth control. Members of the Native community were also instrumental in holding voter registration drives and helping with voter education. A Native radio station on the Pine Ridge Reservation is kicking off a capital campaign for a new facility. South Dakota Public Broadcasting's Lee Strubinger has more. KILI Radio, or Keeley, has been on the air for nearly four decades. The station is located on Porcupine Butte in Porcupine, South Dakota. Keeley was the first American Indian-owned radio station in the United States. The original building was built by volunteers, it was constructed as a temporary facility. Bill Means is the board president for Keeley Radio. Our radio station uh, sort of outgrew its, its usefulness in the sense of modern day equipment, in the sense of uh, space for offices, and uh, we needed a new home. And so this is the beginning of that adventure. Keeley Radio is looking to build a $2.5 million facility. The station airs tribal council meetings, Lakota Nation Invitational basketball games, and a wide range of music, from traditional powwow music to country, rock and roll, and hip-hop. 
Keeley Radio is mostly powered by renewable energy, both wind and solar. Tom Casey is the station's general manager. He says the goal for the station is to generate 100% of its power from renewable energy. Obviously, as a radio station, 100,000 watts, we use quite a bit of electricity. So our commitment was not only to us to be working and to bring in as much renewable energy as possible, but also show the community and show the region that it's possible, it's doable. Find the resources and let's commit to using as much renewable energy as possible. Station officials have a goal of raising the money in two years. For National Native News, I'm Lee Strubinger. And I'm Antonia Gonzalez. National Native News is produced by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation with funding by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting. With so many organizations trying to help military veterans, it can be hard to find the right information. So AARP brings together no-charge employment and fraud prevention resources, caregiving tools, discounts, and more at aarp.org veterans who support this show. Support by BNSF Railway, proudly supporting the nation's economy by moving the goods that feed, supply, and power communities across the country. More at bnsf.com slash tribal relations. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network. This is Native America Calling, I'm Sean Spruce. The city of Gallup, New Mexico is marking 100 years of the intertribal ceremonial. It's a celebration of the region's indigenous culture that's grown to include indigenous groups from across the globe. It's much more than a summer event when you consider generations of Native people have traveled to Gallup year after year to trade goods, visit with family, and create long-lasting relationships. A new television documentary called Spirit of the Ceremonial captures the essence of the event and explores its origins, history, and evolution. Here are some elders reminiscing about past events. It was about us camping out and getting ready to trade with other Native Americans. You have Zuni, Hopi, Laguna. Everybody came from miles around to trade. And everybody seemed to know where they set up every year. This is your spot, this is my spot. Everybody knew. I remember you see all these bands playing like a different uh, Navajo tribal band, the Zuni tribal band, uh, Zunis riding their uh, donkeys all dressed in white. My grandmother was at the parade with her sisters and some of her cousins, and they were dressed up. So my grandfather was standing a little ways from her. All of a sudden, her, uh, the and wind blew and blew her hat off, <laughs> and he took his hat off. So then he put his hat on her head. <laughs> So that's how my grandparents, her parents, met. <laughs> yeah. My very first memory is we were living in Ganada, Arizona, and we were coming into town, and I noticed all horseback and wagons just galore. One of the things I remember most is the sun went down in the evening. You could see campfires all around town on the hillsides. And then the drums would start up and the singing and the chanting. If you were here, you said you never will forget it. I remember Sam Moyle as a, a boy. 
lot of people from different areas. I remember the coal burning uh, train blowing their whistles and it used to scare us. That was a small piece of the one-hour documentary Spirit of the Ceremonial produced by the Intertribal Ceremonial Office. The 100th annual Gallup Intertribal Ceremonial kicks off tomorrow, Thursday, August 4th, with dozens of events for spectators. It wraps up on Sunday, August 14th. In this hour, we'll talk with coordinators about the ceremonial centennial and what it means to local Native communities. You can join us by sharing your favorite ceremonial memories at 1-800-996-2848. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. On the line now in Gallup, New Mexico, is Melissa Sanchez. She's the executive director of the Gallup Intertribal Ceremonial Office. She's Acoma and Laguna Pueblo. Melissa, welcome back to NAC. Good morning. Thank you. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Hello to everybody. Melissa, we're so excited to have you and our other guests in the 100th Gallup Ceremonial kicks off tomorrow. Are you excited? We are all super excited over here. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell us more. What's going on? What can we expect? Well, the uh, it's a special year, as you mentioned. It is the 100th anniversary and uh, this year the events will run from august 4th to the 14th and it really is a beautiful spectrum of all sorts of events there's something for everybody um just a little bit of the highlights there are the uh, the parades one is on thursday and one is on saturday and those are always a, a traditional favorite there is the uh, 5k run walk there is seven days of rodeo there is the juried art show contest and in which over $100,000 in cash prizes are being awarded, the ceremonial queen pageant, a film festival, uh, opening nights and wine gala for the juried art show. And uh, we also have a special event this year called One World Beat. And One World Beat will be on the 5th and 6th of August, this first weekend. And it will be, um, it's a show within the ceremonial um, that begins with a tribal procession of Native American and Indigenous peoples, which will be led in by Pueblo Eagle dancers, and it will segue into an Indigenous variety show on a full production stage. So on Friday, uh, we have Bamua of Alaska, who are just an awesome Native, I'm sorry, uh, Yupik. They're from the Yupik tribe, and they have a unique blend of R&B with their own traditional songs, and um, we also, oh, they're also known for creating the theme song to Molly of Denali. And then we have um, Traveling the Furthest, Haka Maori Cultural Experience from Aotearoa, New Zealand. And they will bring a powerful combination of a range of compositions from Maori chants to indigenous choral singing, accompanied by graceful action songs and war dances. And by war dances, if you're familiar with the All Blacks rugby team, that's the haka dance, and um, that's the type of dances that they'll bring as well. Melissa, wow, that is just a full agenda, all kinds of events, all kinds of activities. The haka, yeah, I mean, what native person isn't totally down with a haka? I've seen those YouTube videos there before those rugby matches, super intense. And this year, the ceremonial is 11 days, so that's longer than, than usual. And is that just to accommodate for all these extra activities going on with the centennial? I think along with, and Kyle can um, bring in more to this too, but along with this um, exceptional centennial celebration, we wanted to make sure that the schedule was 
really full, and you'll have events both in the city of Gallup and out at Red Rock Park Arena. And also, you know, the, our Native people have evolved in many beautiful ways and also still carry the resilience of our traditional roots. So in a lot of the events that you'll see that are there, for instance, the, the film festival, that is a modern-day storytelling, or perhaps the 5K run and walk that evolved from um, Native American foot races. Um, the rodeo, rodeos evolved from Native American horsemanship, and you'll just see an awesome amount of athleticism or creativity. Um, I'm, I'm sure you know your your listeners um, will agree that the stories that you bring, this one especially, has a focus on the exceptionality of um, what a Native um, Native American culture and Indigenous culture bring and what we have to celebrate. Melissa, earlier we played a clip from this new documentary, Spirit of the Ceremonial. Tell us more about the history, going back 100 years now. I can't believe it. it's been that long that the ceremonial has been a huge event. Uh, tell us a little bit more about what started the ceremonial and how it has evolved to what it is today. Sure, and I wanted to first start off by acknowledging um, the city of Gallup, the Gallup Intertribal Indian Ceremonial Association and McKinley County. And then um, most recently, in like I'm talking about decades, the New Mexico Tourism Department and this office, but primarily the first three for their resilience in um, keeping this um, event alive. So I think that's so very important. And then um, another thing we should acknowledge is in 1922, the world was overcoming a, pa a pandemic back then as well. So I try to imagine, you know, our people were probably excited to see each other again. And historically, the Gallup Intertribal Ceremonial has always been instrumental in bringing people together from many directions then and now. So with this year's events, um, you know, the whole spectrum, um, you just, again, see the evolution and uh, simultaneously the resilience of, of, um, of what has happened over the 100 years. And you, you talked about the importance of, of acknowledging the city of Gallup. And if you look at the ceremonial and its history over the last hundred years and, and Gallup has grown, has, has the ceremonial had a big impact and an influence on how the city of Gallup has evolved over the years as well? I think, I think so. I think that's a better question for Kyle. He's a resident here in um, Gallup, but Gallup, let me say first that Gallup has its its, uh, its own charm, and it really, um, when you come to Gallup, you'll see the cultural influences of the surrounding tribes here, and also from um, back in, you know, the 50s, um, you'll see the, the, historic, the historic trading company. Some have been open longer than um, this event. Uh, I think it's Richardson's that's been open uh, for a very, very long time. I think 102 years, if I'm not mistaken. But those types of influences um, really make the city unique, especially it being um, one of the cities that is right on the Route 66, um, the historic um, highway. So lots to see here. And then another thing that's really cool about the city is they've um, incorporated art, uh, Native American art, into a lot of the art murals that are that decorate walls and um, and some of the buildings. Mm -hmm. 
the last time I was at the Gallup Ceremonial, uh, it's been a few years, but I've just always really appreciated and admired the authenticity there. And like you said, there's so much going on. There's other native events, there are big powwows, there are big art shows, but the way the ceremonial has so many things going on at once simultaneously, it's just such an exciting time and there's so much history and there's so much tradition. And then of course, you folks bringing in all these folks from from other indigenous areas, other parts of, of the world, is that a lot of effort to, to get all those other folks out and, and get all these groups together and coordinated for, for this one big event in Gallup every year? <laughs> it is a lot of work. And again, the, there, this event, um, I'd like Kyle to answer this question too, because this event has really benefited from generations of both volunteers, gen, let's say generational volunteers, families who have um, come back annually to make sure and help and um, not only welcome the people that are coming here, but start long, uh, you know, months in advance to make sure that every detail is covered. And also um, within the Native American tribes, the people, our own peoples, there are generations that have been attending and uh, participating in the ceremonial. And that was one of the things that um, I especially focused on when um, doing the research for the TV documentary. And how many other um, events, I'm sure there's some out there, but it's just such a mainstay in mm -hmm. a lot of people's lives, family, family lives. And I'd like to imagine from a long time ago when they would start preparing and, you know, maybe sewing a new outfit and gathering the harvest items that they wanted to trade and um, knowing that it was going to be a long journey, but it was going to be worth it too. Folks, we got to take a quick break, but we'll be right back with more guests talking about the Gallup Ceremonial. Native college students often feel like they're straddling two worlds. That's the focus of a new audio documentary which follows four Native students as they confront hurdles and celebrate achievements while striving to attain their higher education goals. We'll hear more from the students who share their stories on the next Native America Calling. Support by Indigenous Pact, a healthcare consulting company working to create health equity in Indian country. Indigenous Pact offers solutions to fit the needs of your tribe. Their team, experts in healthcare strategy, policy, and innovation, provides a one-of-a-kind plan to solve the issues specific to your community. Indigenous Pact works to create three primary outcomes, healing spaces, healthy citizens, and sustainable economies. More information at indigenouspact.com. You're listening to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. The Gallup Intertribal Ceremonial Centennial is 100 years old and still going strong. What's your favorite part about the event? The parade, the rodeo, the art show, or just hanging out with friends and family? Pick up that phone, join the conversation right now, 1-800-996-2848, the number to call. That's also 1-800-99-NATIVE. We're speaking now with Melissa Sanchez, and she is the executive director of the Gallup Intertribal Ceremonial Office. And Melissa, I know you are busy. You've got a full slate of uh, activities to get attend to uh, before tomorrow's kickoff of the ceremonial. But I do want to ask you, uh, where can listeners go if they're thinking about making the trip to Gallup uh, over the next couple of weeks to check out this ceremonial? Where can they learn more? Sure, that, that's really easy. It's uh, gallopceremonial.com all one word, and you'll find all the information, full schedule on there, 
as well as advance tickets to um, select events and information on how to get tickets, um, parking, everything about that. Um, you can also look for us on social media, also under Gallup Ceremonial. Now that really cool documentary, Spirit of the Ceremonial, can that be accessed by that website you just listed? It sure can. It's um, There's one of the tabs has it on there, and um, it's also on YouTube. Well, Melissa, I don't want to keep you any longer. Again, you've got so much going on. Really appreciate you taking the time to come in and and celebrate and give us more background on the ceremonial this year. Good luck. Good luck with the event. Thank you so much. And I just wanted to thank everybody else that's on and for the um, thank them in advance for the information that they're going to share. I know that you have our beautiful ceremonial queen and uh, Stephen, uh, Famua, and Kyle. And just uh, thank you to Native America Calling for all that you do. You bet. You bet, Melissa. And speaking of that ceremonial queen, we've got her on the line right now. Speaking with us from Gallup, New Mexico, is Amber Ballinger. She's the reigning Gallup Intertribal Ceremonial Queen. She's Danae. Amber, welcome to NAC, and congratulations on your success. Yate, Sean. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure to be here with you. Yate, Amber, I got to ask you, are you ready to pass your crown? <laughs> I am a little sad, but mostly excited to crown the next queen and see where she takes the title next year. I understand. Yeah, I would think excited, but a, but a little bit sad. It's been a it's been a great year for you, huh? Yes, it has been. It's been a wonderful year, full of events and meeting such unique individuals. And I feel it's it's gone by pretty quickly. Um, just how busy I've been. <laughs> Amber, one thing that I think is so fascinating about you, you come from a long line of ceremonial queens. What has it meant to you following in the footsteps of both your mother and your older sister? Yes, my mother, Virginia Ballinger, held the ceremonial queen title in 1980. And then my older sister, Anna Ballinger, held it in 2006. And so growing up, seeing them participate um, and seeing my mom's photos, I always knew that this was something I wanted to do. And so a lot of time and energy and effort and thought has been put into this. And it's just really close to my heart to be able to hold the title and continue the legacy on for my family. Now, as a ceremonial queen, what all are the duties that are uh, make up that, that position? Yeah, so the queen duties consist of being an ambassador for Native American and Indigenous peoples, kind of just spreading the word about our culture and keeping that alive, and as well as being an ambassador for the wonderful ceremonial event um, and just getting the word out about this wonderful celebration and encouraging as many people as I can to come out and experience such a unique cultural event. Amber, the Gallup Ceremonial, 100 years old this year, started at 1922. When did the Ceremonial Queen Pageant start? The Queen Pageant started in the 1930s, so it has been going for quite some time as well. Um, and yeah, just a great joy to be a part of this legacy because um, it's been going on for so long now. Amber, who is eligible to run for Ceremonial Queen? Does, do contestants have to be Navajo? 
They can be from any tribe since it is an intertribal event. We love having um, queen contestants from any tribe. So as long as you um, identify with the tribe and then open to ages 18 to 25. 18 to 25. Okay. And Amber, I understand you scored really well in the traditional cooking contest during last year's pageant. I got to, I, <laughs> I want to know what's your specialty. <laughs> that was a new category for the queen pageant. And it was something just in case we had to go back to virtual. We, the committee was wondering, you know, how can we combine traditional skills with modern day skills as well. Um, and since so many young generations are very tech savvy, they decided to do a traditional food talent video, um, kind of like a cooking demonstration. And so for that, I cooked plate yo George, which is a Navajo delicacy. It's similar to Navajo cake, um, often used for weddings or laugh babies first laugh ceremonies um and so it is very delicious it's yellow cornmeal sugar raisins and water and i had a lot of fun making that my aunties and my mother were able to help participate and kind of help guide me through it and so it was a really just wonderful family um event to be able to show the judges during the the pageant well it sounds really really tasty Really, really exciting. Uh, Amber, so, you know, earlier Melissa mentioned the pandemic and it's been a challenge over these last couple of years and with the ceremonial. And how about for you uh, as ceremonial queen? Has that been challenging to represent your culture and your people during the pandemic? It has provided its own unique challenges, but I feel, you know, with challenges, we've grown so much as as a community and being able to do virtual events has really expanded kind of where I'm able to um, communicate with people. And so I it's great that I can record a video and they can play it in their classroom or at their pageant and I can still be a part of it even being miles away. Um, so I feel like that has presented a unique opportunity. Um, and yeah, really just trying to make the best of the situation and gathering where it's safe. And um, yeah, it's been, it's been a wonderful rain so far. What are some other highlights or opportunities that you've experienced uh, during your rain? Um, I, one of my favorite memories was participating in gathering of nations grand entry. Um, I've attended just kind of as a spectator, but I've never been on the actual floor during grand entry. And that cultural energy there is so extremely powerful. And it's just so heartwarming and empowering to be a part of that community. And so that definitely stuck out. And of course, I cried and teared up on the floor. It's just, it is very moving to to be there with so many other people in their traditional regalia. Amber, really want to congratulate you again on all of your success and, and your reign as pageant queen. And uh, we've got some other guests, but I want you to stay on the line. We definitely have some more questions for you. But but before we, we move on to another guest, you know, we've got listeners from, from all over Native America, uh, across the United States, folks listening in Canada. I want you to tell them, why should they think about coming down and checking out the Gallup Ceremonial? 
They should consider coming and checking it out because it really is a unique, one-of-a-kind cultural event with multiple tribes coming together to celebrate and just really relish in our culture and be proud of who we are. And it's really hard to find an intertribal event like this where all are welcome. And it's such a great educational experience. If you're curious about um, different tribes, it's just a wonderful a way, wonderful way to immerse yourself in, in the culture. Thanks again, Amber. Really appreciate you calling in today and, and sharing all your memories and all your insights. Let's talk more about the ceremonial. Joining us from Gallup, New Mexico is Kyle Tom. He's the Gallup Intertribal Ceremonial Association Board President and Co-Coordinator for the Rodeo. He's also an INFR and PRCA Rodeo Announcer. He's Navajo. Kyle, welcome to the show. Oh, awesome, Sean. Thank you so much for having me. How are you today? I'm doing well, and I'm ready to talk a little bit of rodeo with you, Kyle. So tell me, uh, how big a part of the, of the ceremonial is the rodeo? Oh, my goodness. You know, around here in the Navajo Nation area, uh, rodeo is huge. Rodeo is huge. It's, you know, our land base is so massive that there's kind of, there's no much, uh, not much infrastructure going through, you know, in terms of internet and uh, new technologies coming in. So a lot of kids growing up on the res these days, you know, they're, they're growing up in the back of the saddle. They're growing up uh, herding sheep, roping cows, doing whatever needs to be done. And then that transitions over into the rodeo arena. And now we're seeing superstars in the rodeo world, all of rodeo, not just Indian professional rodeo, but all of rodeo. You know, we've got names like Cody Jesus, Keyshawn Whitehorse, Derek Begay, um, Aaron Sinigini, Eric Rogers, Cassidy Dennison, Danielle Lohman, they're all Navajo. James Arviso, the brand-new world champion of National High School Rodeo from right here on the Navajo Nation. So it is so – it's such a big thing here, uh, rodeo around the Navajo Nation. And our rodeo, um, you know, dates back to the early days of ceremonial, and it's just been growing by leaps and bounds. It's such a cool event to see. This year, um, we have already exceeded our expectations, so it is a record-breaking rodeo here in 2022. That's super exciting, and so many successful Native riders and competitors and rodeo. Will there be some of those big names competing this year at the ceremonial? Oh, absolutely. They're all hitting the PRCA rodeo trail trying to get to Las Vegas and maybe and the uh, Wrangler National Finals rodeo. But, yes, they are going to be coming to uh, our ceremonial. You know, Cody Jesus, the past bull riding champion here, Derek Begay, um, has won our rodeo, and he's also won the Buffalo riding. You know, we brought that back a good five, six years ago, and it's just a huge fan favorite. So, um, yeah, we've got the big names coming back. And what about the ladies? Uh, breakaway, uh Barrel racing. I'm a big fan of Sheila Sells. Is she going to be there? Oh, absolutely. Sheila is so incredible, isn't she? Two-time yeah. world champion, you know, and she's such a nice lady in and out of the arena. Um, yes, yeah, she's a she's a joy to have. So we are looking forward to all the talent coming in. I saw her compete at INFR in Las Vegas a few years, and she is a, a crowd favorite. Just just so much charisma really draws folks in for sure. So this sounds really, really exciting. And, and Kyle, let's talk a little bit more about the ceremonial. You are from Gallup earlier. I asked Melissa, you know, how significant is the ceremonial in terms of how Gallup has grown and evolved as a city? And what are your some, some of your memories of, of the ceremonial growing up there in, in McKinley County? So you know what's so funny is I've come to ceremonial all my life, all my life. 
And I had never, until about 10 years ago, I had never been to the night performance. I had never stepped foot in the juried art show. I never really knew there was so much else that went on at ceremonial. It was always, for me and my family, it's always just about the rodeo. Uh, you know, my dad was a calf roper for a long time, and that's what we, we kind of did growing up. And that's kind of how I got into announcing is I heard all the local announcers from around here and was able to just kind of pick and choose my style. And that's how I end up behind a microphone, or, you know, all the places I get to go. But ceremonial is just our rodeo has just evolved so much in the past 10 years. Uh, the influence that ceremonial has with the city of Gallup, as you heard Melissa say, there's so many great little um, Native American inspired murals around town. There's the huge pottery that sits in downtown along I-40 as well. There's so much great artwork here. And then, of course, Gallup, as I mentioned, uh, being a border town of the Navajo Nation, is such a big rodeo town. So it, it's so cool the way this town, it's just got its uniqueness, you know what I mean? It's got the outdoorsy crowd where you can go on a hike or go cycling or you can go shop in uh, world-class galleries downtown or you can see some of the very best cowboys and cowgirls anywhere in the world uh, on any given weekend right here in Gallup, New Mexico. It's a pretty cool experience to be in this town and to experience the uh, influence of the ceremonial. You mentioned the art show, Kyle, and we had a, a message on Instagram earlier from Damon So Jr., who says that the art turn-in for jury for the art show is August 5th, 9 a.m. to 6 p.m., and August 6th, 8 a.m. to 6 p.m. So any of you artists out there, take note for the turn-in for jury for Gallup Intertribal Ceremonial Art Show this year in contest. Folks, if you've got a question, if you've got a comment, or you just want to share one of your favorite memories from the Gallup Ceremonial, we want to hear it. 1-800-996-2848. Once again, that number is 1-800-996-2848. Tell us why you love the Gallup Intertribal Ceremonial. Kyle, the pandemic, you know, we just can't avoid talking about it. Uh, it just has influenced so many events, so many activities of our lives. How has it been uh, managing the, the ceremonial over the last couple of years? You know, it was really heartbreaking. Two years ago, this time, we were sitting around, you know, of course, all in our own homes, but we were uh, looking forward to what would be ceremonial week. We started sharing stuff on social media, past memories, and... Um, you know, it's just really heartbreaking. And we were wondering, will it ever come back? Will we ever get through this pandemic, you know? And um, it was scary times. It was scary for everybody. We felt bad for our artists who look forward to ceremonial where they can put a little bit of extra money in their pockets. We look, we you know, same situation with our vendors, our contest dancers, our cowboys and cowgirls at the rodeo. You know, everybody missed it. It just showed it showed what this event means to, to people in our community and around the country. You know, it's not just for the community. It's our community event that we share with the world, and there's people all over the world that have a little piece of ceremonial in them forever, and they're excited to come celebrate the centennial with us. And it's a benchmark, you know, going into a pandemic, it's a benchmark we weren't sure we'd ever see. But last year, uh, we came out of the pandemic, we came out strong, we came out swinging, we put on the biggest rodeo ever, we had the biggest art show we've ever had, and uh, really laid a foundation for one heck of a centennial, which we're going to see kick off tomorrow night. Now, that soundbite we played earlier from the documentary and people were reminiscing about folks coming in on horseback and wagons, uh, people from Zuni riding donkeys and the campfires in the hills. And those were the stories that I remember being told as a kid about the ceremonial. Do you remember those memories as well? Oh, absolutely. My grandparents tell the stories of, you know, right now where I-40 runs through Gallup, 
is where the uh, ceremonial grounds used to be. And they tell the stories of the wagons up at the hills and how they would make a two-day trip from, you know, the Eastern Agency of the Navajo Nation. They'd make a two-day trip. You know, what nowadays is a 45-minute drive. They'd make a two-day trip, camp out 12 miles north of Red Rock Park, and then make the second half of the trip into the city of Gallup the next day. And it really makes you think and it makes you appreciate where we are as a people, where we've come from. And it kind of makes you think where we're going, you know, what the next generation is going to experience and the stories that we are one day going to tell that next generation of how grand the centennial was, you know, the $100,000 in prize money in the juried art show. We're speaking with Kyle Tom. He's the Rodeo and Ceremonial Board President. Gallup Ceremonial kicks off tomorrow, August 4th. Be there, Gallup, New Mexico. Uh, 1-800-996-2848, that's the number to call. We're going to be back right after a short break. The Indian Arts and Crafts Act protects authentic American Indian and Alaska Native artists and craftspeople and their art and craftwork. Under the act, it is illegal to market art or craftwork misrepresented as American Indian, Indian, Native American, or Alaska Native made, or as the product of a particular Indian tribe. Reporting potential act violations can be done at doi.gov IACB or at 1-888-ART-FAKE. Support provided by Indian Arts and Crafts Board. Welcome back to Native America Calling. I'm Sean Spruce. The 100th Gallup Intertribal Ceremonial starts tomorrow. It's one of New Mexico's longest-running events filled with cultural celebrations and a large parade of indigenous nations from across the globe. Have you ever been to the Gallup Ceremonial? If so, what did you like most? If you're like me, you might say the great food. Call us at 1-800-996-2848 to share your favorite memory of the Gallup Ceremonial. Our producers are standing by. We're waiting for your call. Again, that number is 1-800-996-2848. We've got another guest for you folks lined up today, and this one is on the road en route to the ceremonial. Joining us now on the road from Seattle, Washington, on his way to Gallup is Stephen Gaujung Blanchett. He's a founding member of the band Bumioa. He's Yupik. Stephen, welcome back to the show. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, when do you hope to get to Gallup? Well, let's see. I left, I left uh, Alaska about 1.30 this morning. Um, I've been a little bit of a layover in Seattle and then uh, on our way to Albuquerque, then on our way to uh, Gallup after that. So uh we should be there tonight, so I'm looking forward to it. It's, it's a long trip, but it's so well worth it. Now, you're coming down to perform. Tell us more about your band. Well, Bamiwa uh, is a Yupik Inuit band. Um, we formed uh, sometime in the mid-'90s. We've been around for a little while. My brother and I uh, started the band, and uh, and we have another one of our cousins, Asan Nak, who's uh, one of our members, and you know, we our style of music is based off of our traditional uh, singing and dancing. Um, that's kind of the foundation of it all, um, and uh, and we reinterpret those those songs. You know, we're 
you know, where it came from is like, you know, I'm, we're Yupik, but we're also black. So we're honoring, honoring both sides of our culture and doing that through, um, through this music and through this, this, this artistry and this artistic practice. It's, it's been, it's been a pleasure. It's been so fun. And, and, uh, to be able to share a little bit of our culture and just have fun, right? Absolutely. And you describe your music as Inuit soul. Tell us more about your influences. Well, oh man. I mean, the, the base of it all, right? The main influence is our traditional traditional songs and dances called yugak. And they're story dances where we, we, we're telling these stories and we're dancing. Um, it all is this complex uh, way of just telling and keeping these, these, these histories alive. But like I said, like I mentioned, we're also, uh, we're also black. You know, my, our father uh, grew up in Philadelphia. And we were influenced by all kinds of music. One, and one of it was soul and funk and, you know, listening to a lot of like, you know, Donny Hathaway, Sam Cooke, Stevie Wonder, and, and, uh, and then later on, Jodeci and Guy. And we just kind of mixed those influences and uh, created this, this style of music. Well, Donnie Hathaway, that's going old school there. I'm a fan of that. Uh, this Christmas song, it's one of my favorite holiday classics. Can't wait to play that every year during the holidays. Folks, let's hear some of what people in Gallup will be able to listen to this weekend from the band. Uh, Stephen, we heard one of your older songs, Bubblegum, during the break. Now let's hear something more recent. This is The Drum I Carry. What can you tell us about this song? Traditional dance. And it, what it says, it, what it says, uh, what that translates to is I take my drum with me everywhere I go. And so we just kind of call it the song uh, Drum I Carry because you never know when you're, especially when you're, if people know you're a dancer or a traditional singer, you know, when you go places, uh, they often like ask you, uh, hey, sing a song and you never know when you're going to have that opportunity. So you take your drum with you everywhere you go. Okay, let's take a listen to this is the drum. I carry from the band Bumioa. Oh, God. 
That's the band, Bomyoa, and the song, The Drum I Carry. Steven, that's a, an upbeat style there. And um, is all your music like that upbeat? Yeah, you know, a lot of it is it's trip tribal. We call it tribal funk sometimes, too. You know, it's like tribally driven, and we just want to make it fun and, and accessible to folks. And uh, yeah, so, but we do have some like songs where we're chilling, of course, absolutely. Uh, what else are you working on right now? We we're, have some special guests that we're having uh, join us for the show. So uh, those of you folks that are going to come to the show are going to have a chance to see um, a real focus on like some of the traditional dancing that really is our foundation of who we are and what, what drives us. So I'm really excited to, to show that. And some, some folks that we, haven't, um, some, that we haven't danced with in a while. So it's, it's just going to be fun. It's going to be a treat. Now, does the band travel all over Native America? You know, we try to get to uh, as many places as we can, you know, absolutely. You know, you know, we had a you know a huge halt during the pandemic. Uh, 2021 felt like we were just kind of easing into it. And 2022, we are just jumping in. We've been all over. It's been a busy all year. Right. Sounds super exciting. Um, and when is the show at the ceremonial then? What day? Oh, uh, we have the, the, at the, the One World Beat. So uh, we'll be playing on that the Friday. Uh, for sure, but we're doing. We're going to be engaging about three, four times throughout the our, our time there. And where can our listeners go to learn more about Bumya? Bumya dot com. P A M Y U A dot com. That's the best place. You can see some of the music videos if you want to see that and and get a chance to uh, connect with the, the music and our culture. Stephen, really appreciate you and the whole band coming down to New Mexico. Safe travels, okay. You bet. Thanks so much for having me. Let's go to the phones now again. Gilbert, listening on KSUT in Farmington, New Mexico. Gilbert, thanks for calling. Good morning. Hello, Native America. Um, I hope you can hear me okay. Uh, I was saying earlier that um, Gallup is very special to me because it's right out the uh, main I-40 freeway. It's easy to get to, and the facilities are all modern now. Uh, compared to years ago, it's just a wonderful place to go. Um, gore dancing, all the art shows, and uh, you know the paved roads, paved parking lots, modern facilities. It's just uh, upgraded in a lot of ways. So if you ever want to check out a good event, that would be the place to go. Everything's close by, and it seems like all modern and upgraded. So the you know the dances, the rodeos. Gilbert from yeah, and Gilbert from the way you describe it, the paved roads and the, and the plumbing and everything sounds like you can remember the days when folks would ride in on wagons and and camp out and light fires. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm 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 a Vietnam veteran. I'm getting ready to retire. Yeah, it's got a lot of years, a lot of history. Gilbert, thanks for calling in. Really appreciate you sharing those memories. I want to go back to Gallup Intertribal Ceremonial Queen, Amber Ballinger. Amber, how does it make you feel to listen to folks like Gilbert calling in? Earlier, we heard Kyle talk about his memories of, of folks traveling and, and camping and, and all of the tradition and all the history. And now click ahead to 2022 and folks are driving into the ceremonial on paved roads and there's bathrooms and hotels. And what does that make you feel? Yeah, you know, that just makes it extra special that this event has lasted so long. And I just 
wish that my grandmother was here with us today so I could be able to ask her what her memories were um, because I'm sure my mother attended ceremonial as a kid as well. It's just such a great legacy and tradition and (laughs) I'm over here grinning ear to ear and I've got butterflies in my stomach. I'm just so looking forward to this 100th anniversary and all of the events that are planned. Amber, something I really wanted to ask you about as well, I understand you've got a lot of experience uh, outdoors, climbing and hiking and things like that. And one of your goals is to climb each of the four sacred mountains. Would you like to talk about Mm -hmm. that? Yeah, thank you so much for um, bringing that up. I am, yes, very active. I love being outdoors and I feel as Native American Indigenous peoples, we just have this innate connection to the land. I feel that in my heart, in my soul, and I know that that's a way that I can connect to my grandmother and my grandfather um, on their land that they left us. And so I set out on this personal sacred journey of mine to backpack all four sacred mountains just as a way to have my own personal ceremony because in modern day, you know, it's not as common to do traditional ceremonies anymore. And so I'm looking for a way to connect to the land and to my ancestors. That makes the most sense for me. Um, And so I figured backpacking the sacred mountains and connecting to the land that way was a great way to do so. And I was lucky enough to get medicine from my grandmother's medicine bag, um, corn pollen and chi, which is like the red clay that you mark on your face for protection. And so that just makes it extra special. And I carry my drum with me as well. So that way, when I get to the summit of the mountain, I'm able to offer songs of blessings to Mother Earth. And I feel the ancestors can hear me. Um, The first summit that I did this Nanjine, which is in Blanca, or which is Blanca Peak in Colorado. Um, at the top, I was visited by a hawk while I was singing, and then also a little white butterfly. And I feel like not not many butterflies and hawks are up at 14,000 feet. And so that was a, a really special moment, and I knew I was on the right path. Amber, thanks for sharing that really, really beautiful story and and best of luck on all your future journeys and current journey. And um, I do want to ask you, uh, soon to be uh, 2022 ceremonial queen will be crowned uh, in the next couple of weeks. What words of encouragement can you offer that person? Yes, I am looking forward to crowning the new queen and I am really looking forward to just being that positive role model that Autumn Pilcher was to the contestants last year. Um, Autumn was great as great encouraging and offering support. And I'm looking forward to be in that role now. And to the new queen, I just want to say congratulations. And it's going to be a wonderful year and to soak up every minute of it because it really does just fly by. And so do all the possible events you can and try to say yes to as many as you can. (laughs) (laughs) Kyle, Tom, I'd like to ask you a question. We're going to have to wrap up the show here shortly, but tomorrow, what are some of the big events that are going to kick off the ceremonial in addition to the parade? 
Well, that's pretty much the parade. You know, it's the highlight, the night parade. They used to, you know, for a long time, we called it the world famous night parade. Uh, dates back to when all the performers would come into town and really kick off ceremonial. You know, they started just making it a spectacle on its own. So that's the highlight. I think that's the only thing on our schedule tomorrow evening. And uh, it's going to set the tone for a great 11 days here in Gallup. And when does the rodeo start? The rodeo, we're going to start on Thursday. We've got a roping on Thursday, team roping six-year challenge. We're going to award a set of pistols to our Top Gun champions. And then uh, on into the week, Junior Rodeo Tuesday, Iron Cowgirl Wednesday night. And then it's the open rodeo with a record number of contestants that we're looking to pay out. I'm going to go out on a limb and say we're going to pay out nearly $200,000 between uh, Sunday and Sunday by the time it's all said and done here in Gallup. $200,000 at the Gallup Intertribal Ceremonial Rodeo. Coming up soon. Coming up very soon. Uh, Kyle, in addition to the rodeo, what's your other favorite event that you're looking forward to? My other favorite event, so as the president of the organization, you know, we're running ragged for the past month. And mind you, I'm on a volunteer basis. So when I fit into my schedule, I have to fit into my schedule, you know, answering phone calls, uh, meeting with sponsors, just doing the legwork to prepare for the event. So a week from Wednesday, a week from tonight, is our wine gala, and it opens up the art show. People come see the pieces for the first time. To me, that's when I know we're going to get through the week okay. When I get to the wine gala, mind you, I haven't had a drop of alcohol since 2020, but when I get to the wine gala and I have that little Diet Coke or water or whatever, and, you know, everyone's dressed up and they're looking good, and uh, we're listening to good music and eating food from Fire Rock Casino, that tells me it's going to be a good week. We've done all the hard stuff. We've gone up the slope. It's downhill from here. Well, folks, that is all the time we have for today. I want to thank our guests, Stephen, Melissa, Kyle, and Amber. Thank you for joining us, sharing these stories, insights, the Gallup Intertribal Ceremonial 100th anniversary. Join us tomorrow for discussion about a new audio documentary called Standing in Two Worlds and get an intimate look at Native students facing the joys and challenges of college. I'm your host, Sean Spruce. Thanks for listening. My name is Asad. When I was 19, my mom was diagnosed with colorectal cancer because she smoked. My tip is find things to be thankful for. I'm thankful she quit smoking. I'm thankful for the nurses who taught me how to check her IV and to manage her medication. And I'm thankful for every day we have together because nothing is guaranteed, especially for us. The people you love are worth quitting for. You can quit. For free help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. First baby, don't know where to start. CMS program coverage, prenatal service. Enroll today. Contact your local Indian healthcare provider for more information. Visit healthcare.gov or call 1-800-318-2596. A message from Center for Medicare and Medicaid Service. Native America Calling is produced in the Annenberg National Native Voice Studios in Albuquerque, New Mexico by Kiwanak Broadcast Corporation, a native nonprofit media organization. Funding is provided by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting with support from the Public Radio Satellite Service. Music is by Brent Michael Davids. Native Voice One, the Native American Radio Network.